My friends, what lays before you is the myriad knowledge of an unfathomable universe. Join our intrepid remembrancers as they explore the heresy as history. From deep within the farthest reaches of the great library of Tiska, we are the Heresy Grad School. So said the War Master in his wisdom. Go forth, my sons, and illuminate them. Retribution is the most ancient of laws, that first order of primordial justice, that an eye be claimed for an eye, a life for a life, one atrocity heaped upon another in relentless bloody arithmetic. There are those who would say it was bred in mankind's bones, that it is a principle that came before our most distant ancestors even had the words to express its measure. Vengeance is in our nature, and it will not be denied. So has it ever been with humanity, so it was with those who sprung from humanity's stock, so it was with the space marines. As the aftershocks of the great betrayal and the tragedy of Istvan were joined in the blows of fresh massacre and perfidy at Kalf and Fal and Mars, and in time even those fell echoes were drowned out by the roar of a war that tore like a hurricane across the galaxy, a war in which every life lost was but a drop of blood in a torrent the likes of which had never been seen. Every life lost cried out for vengeance, for retribution. Lost in this red cataract were great battles and petty skirmishes without number, of which only the greatest now remain to the minds of most who lived through those dark years. The apocalypse of Beta Garmin, the great titan death, the shock of the wolf cull, all but forgotten and unknown besides these battles, whose infamy will last a thousand years, lie untold others. Every tragedy crying out for more blood in its turn. It was an immensity of war the human mind cannot comprehend, and yet even within this tumult there were wars fought that were never meant to be known. On those fields fought shades of battle whose origins and goals were shrouded, even as their fellows fought in bold panoply, declaring either emperor or war master as their cause, somewhere little more than renegades and marauders, turncoats, by-blows, others the shattered remnants of legions and armies spent like tears, the dead yet alive. Within the shadow wars they moved, and with them those who carried the secret writ of great powers, servants of the sigilite and disciples of the eye alike, working ruin in their wake. It was retribution that linked them all, those who sought it and those upon whom the blade would fall in payment for their sins. Whether it was vengeance for fallen brothers, for a fallen father, a shattered oath, or simply for the murdered dream of unity in an age of darkness. When all else was lost, retribution was all that was left. 
A day will come when sacred Ilium shall perish, when Prime King and all his people shall be slain. Attributed to Helak warlord Scipio Emianus. Alright, so guys, the scouring of Nostromo, the long-awaited saga. Let's talk about this business. Um, the Night Lords are a little near and dear to my heart. They're pretty terrific, as far as traitor legios go. But let's, uh, let's talk about what's going on with them after the Horus Heresy. Uh, like we talked about before, the Scouring of Nostromo, this series we're going to have over the next, um, the next few episodes, is kind of unique. Because it's the first we've done that's really firmly dipped outside of the heresy itself. Uh, this one is starting off in uh, 17M31, which is a good, what, two and a half, three years? Since the siege at Terra starts off at M14. So this is a good two and a half, three years after the start of the actual Siege of Terra. And uh, things aren't going great for anybody at this point. Uh, the entire galaxy burning, uh, that was years ago. This is now. This is the Loyalists trying to push back in almost a mirror image of Horus's dark compliance, which in itself was a sort of black mirror image of the original Great Crusade. So this is the remnants of whatever the Emperor has left. Uh, Blood Angels, uh, Ultramarines, some Dark Angels, these small Loyalist splinter groups that they've managed to band together. And it wasn't even known as the scouring at the time. Uh, that's something they go into time and time again as we read through these pages. Uh, here at Empire's End, is that at the time, nobody knew what was going on. They knew that the siege at Terra seemed to have been broken, that the traitors had split into different groups, but nobody knew what was going on with any of the individual legios. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few episodes, is specifically uh, what's going on with the legios pushing back through the Nostromo sector. Um, now, these loyalists have endured seven, eight, nine years of warfare, of essentially getting kicked around by Horus and his buddies, and this is their Pyrrhic victory, that they have broken the traitor fleets, pushed them back. Terra is ostensibly still in one piece, but this is not, from a tactical perspective, probably not the best idea, uh, all things considered. But all of these loyalist splinter groups that have been banded together, along with the Ultramarines, the Blood Angels, uh, even some Dark Angels thrown in there, they have thrown open the armories of whatever they have left. And every bit that they have left is going into pushing back against the Night Lords and chasing them back, well, starting through Nostromo, but uh, once they get there 
it is a little bit of surprise. They've thrown open the armories. They have all of these previously prescribed weapons that, you know, the end of the heresy was already kind of you know, taking some safety tags and warning labels off things that, you know, shall never be named or used. But uh, this is pretty much um, the end result of that. We're talking rad phage weaponry, virus weaponry, and just all the battalions that they can manage to put together that aren't needed on Terra. And these are veteran companies that have been whittled down, rebanded, recouped um, to establish, you know, the last remnants of Astartes that have seen pretty much a decade of the heresy at this point. So this is where we're picking up. These loyalists are ready, they're tired, but they have this Pyrrhic victory under their belts from breaking the siege of Terra, and now they're going to chase after one of the largest, uh, what they think at the time is one of the largest pieces of the Legion of the Night Lords. Yeah, this is... Um... We're, we're sort of in uncharted territory right here, Jason. And, uh, you know, these are, these are retribution fleets that are going out. Um, they're, like you said, sort of ad hoc formations. Um, and we'll get into this a little bit more later on. We'll start to look at what these retribution fleets look like and then how the um, composition of the Legion starts to change uh, after we move away from the the solar wars and the siege of, of Terra. But right now we're following a uh, a loyalist retribution fleet that is going after wh what they think is the remnants of the Eighth Legion, the Night Lords. And we are way out uh, on the eastern fringes of the galaxy. Um, we're in a place called uh, the Ghoul Stars, um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is it is it uh, is here, here be dragons kind of land, because especially for the Loyalists, we, you know, they haven't gotten any accurate intelligence from this part of uh, the galaxy since, uh, you know, uh, Horus rebelled and, and the Horus heresy started. So this is very interesting, and... Uh, yeah, just like that introduction by AK, um, all all sort of uh, semblance of of honor and brotherhood has uh, been thrown out the window, and and this truly is just uh, retribution for uh, the sins committed. Um, but uh, it's it is it is absolutely grim dark. And, um, man, I love it. So when we talk about the eastern fringes of the galaxy, um, we do have this really cool map, um, just like all these sort of stories um, in the Black Books. Uh, we, we, we can kind of unpack this map a little bit. We did... I think unpack it a little bit on our sort of intro episode, uh, which was done well, way too well, long ago. 
Yeah, just, just a little long ago. But yeah, no, we did cover it a little bit, Dave. We did. Um, and I I don't even remember, Pat, if we talked about like um what we talked about if we if we got into some of the things on the map. Um, but uh we can get there, I think, a little bit later. I let's let uh let's let Jason continue to sort of take us through this this first look at where we are. All right, let's see what I can do here. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, so what we're doing following these Loyalist fleets, again, nobody really knows what's going on. Um, one of the points I really love that they touched on here, and just to reinforce, as Dave's brought up a couple of times, uh, the account we're reading is not a historian trying to piece together um, events as they happen. Some of these are pretty far on. Uh, like it says here on page 128, it's a little line that I really love. The final fate of some 30,000 of the Nighthaunter sons was of little import in those fleeting days of optimism and victory. And it is only now as the enemies of mankind slowly devour all that was built in our great crusade, and we seek for all advantages that we may, that questions are asked. So like Dave was saying, this is not a great time for humanity uh, during the scouring, and it's just consistently gotten worse if you want to talk grimdark. Now, uh, what this line talks about, some 30,000 of the Nighthaunter's sons, this was... Um, about a third of the legion, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. We don't have a super positive number, but about a third, and take that number very, very loosely, as pretty much all numbers in the uh, Horus Heresy are to be taken, cum grano salis. As the loyalists are pushing back through Nostromo, they're not encountering anything near the resistance they expected. All of their intelligence tells them that the Night Lords have had almost a decade to fortify their domain and set up shop. Even taking into account that the major part of the Legion was broken and divided uh, in Thrama's Crusade, they still have a very, what should have been a very substantial portion of their legion hanging out in Nostromo, and they've had almost a decade. So of all of these 30,000 or so legionaries they're expecting, they're not meeting anything larger than maybe a company with some reinforcements. We're talking less than 200 Marines at best. Most are very tiny, scattered, and isolated warbands that they're running across. And none of these huge armies of Astartes are anywhere that they can find. The fleet scouts are only coming back with reports of things like ruined fortresses, uh, giant, you know, wrecks of void craft bearing the 8th Legion insignia, just drifting. Uh, all accounts, Something has surprised the Night Lords completely and left them dead in the void. And, of course, uh, being the uh, 
<laughs> uh, terrific optimists they are. Uh, this is pretty worrying right out of the gate. Of course, it's immediately seen as some sort of deception on the part of the Night Lords. Like they're trying to, you know, falsely inflate the uh, loyalist egos and draw them in. And most of the uh, commanders of this retribution fleet sort of withdraw most of the bulk of their forces to a fleet anchorage at Kaith Laius. So these are maybe a third, again, of the expected remaining strength of the 8th Legion. And the command officers of the Loyalist fleet were really wary of allowing their forces to kind of be drawn out and ambushed piece by piece. They know how the Night Lords operate at this point. They've been fighting against them for more than a decade now. And if you guys remember, uh, the Night Lords were kind of unique among the legions, even, well, maybe a little bit similar to the World Eaters. They faced censure far before the heresy itself. Um, if you guys remember back to the audio dramas, uh, let's see, uh, Dark King and the Lightning Tower, uh, Kurz was initially approached by Dorne many years before the outbreak of the heresy, which is kind of an interesting discussion all of its own, because he originally told Fulgrim, uh, Primarch of the Third Legion, of his sort of prophetic visions that he was suffering from. Fulgrim reported those visions to Dorne. Dorne came to uh, sort of lay down a citizen's arrest on Kurz and imprison him until he could be uh, officially sanctioned. Uh, Kurz ended up butchering a whole bunch of Templar Brethren and Phoenix Guard and disappearing uh, back into Nostromo. And by all accounts, uh, this is a discussion uh, buddy Steve and I have had at many lengths. Uh, apparently the Night Lords were just, you know, hanging out after destroying the planet. And uh, they don't show up for a good couple of decades until again at uh, Istvan Five. But that's a whole interesting discussion for another time. Anywho, uh, too long didn't listen. They're pushing back through, armed for Space Bear, all these loyalists, and they're finding nothing. Uh, only uh, no hidden warriors or secret fastnesses, only more mysteries. And with no immediate military threat and the desire for vengeance still strong within the Loyalist warriors, the fleet departs the Nostromo sector en route to the distant battle zones where Horus's legions are still fighting a retreat. So, uh, we've shown up. Well, they have. I'm certainly not a Loyalist. Those losers have shown up, finding nothing. And this is where we're at. Yeah, this is... Um... This is a very sobering, I think, discovery for the Loyalists, right? Um, I'm not sure that their motivation is really like the uh, liberation or, or reunification of um, the galaxy at this point. I, I, I literally think they're trying to hunt down uh, the remnants of the, uh, of the traitor Astartes and, and uh, Horus's dark compliance. And so when they don't find uh, anything or what they find are just scatterings of, you know, um, night lords below company strength, uh, you know, the majority of this retribution fleet sort of turns back 
but a portion stays. And that's the portion that we're going to get into and sort of follow through uh, their discoveries and adventures and, and uh, go along the, the road with them here. So, but yeah, go ahead, Pat. Oh, no, I was just going to talk about um, that last part of, of that paragraph where it's talking about how they turn around and head towards, I mean, essentially greener pastures for their retribution where, you know, Horace, some of Horace's legions are are still fighting strong, which I find interesting because if you um, slight book spoilers here, listeners, if you haven't read Sol- Solar Wars, um, I just finished it. So it's fresh in my head. Um, Dorn even talks about the fact that Horace's conquest towards Terra was merely a quick path or a quick road. It was never meant to be a fortified or solidified position. So I think it's interesting that the traitor Marines still are fortified and and dug in to this point, um, you know, post heresy or post battle for Terra. Well, I mean, we have a lot of spaces that even we've covered um, places that to themselves, like uh, the Coronet Deeps, you guys remember that and it essentially had no effect on anything outside of the coronet deeps itself where there were just uh years of combat in that sector but it had no effect on an over you know the overall heresy itself comparatively speaking and there're just dozens of these like little pocket empires Dave I think is how you referred to the coronet deeps originally right yeah just hanging out that may or may not affect the larger heresy, but are going about their lives and going about their own tiny life and death struggles. Which I know it's kind of crazy to think of like a system of a couple dozen planets as a comparative tiny struggle or a tiny war zone, but there we are. Yeah, the galaxy is a is a big place, and uh, you actually uh, it was quite easy to be missed. Um, and uh, I think this sort of action here um, is a, an attempt to go back and, and sort of track down the the remnants of, of the traitors. And this retribution fleet that was initially sent out was one of, I think, probably the larger retributions fleets, just given what the loyalists believed was the um, material strength of the Night Lords still in the Nostromo region. Um, I think it's, it is helpful and important... And this is a slight spoiler, but um, this this uh, this entry here is so important. We understand from the scouring of Nostromo when all of these archives are being written, right? So, uh, you know, they're they're being written as history, but they're being collected from a point in the future, which I think until now I didn't realize. And I think now I have a better idea um, because at the end of uh, the scouring of Nostromo, there is an entry um, that comes from uh, uh, the future, right? A time and point in the future uh, that gives us some clarity on when AK is actually writing, when he's accessing these data archives and sort of where he's at. Um, So what this retribution fleet didn't know uh, at the time is sort of where the night lords had gone and 
there are some theories that are floating around out there uh, that, you know, um, it could have been Xenos because certainly as the Great Crusade collapses in on itself, as uh, the heresy takes off, uh, those the Imperium starts to crumble. And those Xenos that were that were pushed out uh, past the borders of the of the galaxy or or the domain of the Imperium start to come back in, right? And we can see that on the map. We start to see uh, symbols and icons for uh, Xenos that we really haven't seen before, uh, right? There's the a La Rove infestation on Netherskeen. Um, there's a crave, uh, there's a crave infestation in the dominion of storms that the ultramarines are dealing with. And so you can unpack a lot of that data, uh, on the map, uh, and sort, and start to think about maybe there's more going on here than just, uh, you know, isolated, uh, incidences of, of fratricide. Um, but I think one of the really interesting things here too that we should look at is as this retribution fleet goes out they're using um remote fleet anchorages and they're trying to be wary of the traps that the night lords may have set and they're sort of sending down these little investigative parties that are coming back with with very little in terms of intelligence, only saying uh, we can't find anything. And the, what we find is uh, that these populations have been, you know, wiped out and the material has been taken. So I, I love it. I think this is, this is the perfect setup for um, where we're going and and what happened uh, in the in the aftermath and the the truly dark days of the scouring, and I really love that this also gives us some insight into who the author of the Black Books is, right, um, and where he's working now. So we know that A.K. Uh, Alum Carpen, uh, who was one of the sigilites. Um, attendant staff right now is sort of in this we don't really know exactly what his status is but that the divisio militaris uh inquiries on what has happened is sort of superseding the policy of erasing history that has overshadowed a lot of the archivists right so there's and, and I feel like this is this is timely, right? I mean, the Imperium is going through a policy of actively erasing the history of the Horus Heresy. And that's at odds with what um the Divisio Militaris is doing because they've got an open inquiry into where a third of a traitor legion went, right? That's that's militarily relevant intelligence that you would want to know, uh, and so I think this is uh, this is this to me is very deep. It's very good. Uh, it's very good stuff, and I think you guys are going to like um, sort of where we're going. Um, this is going to be an unusual uh, episode because as we go forward, um, 
I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, it's it, we're going to be getting into sort of the first person narrative arc of this. And so the information we're getting is going to be coming in the form of uh, of uh, first person um, data logs and entries that are being accessed by AK uh, to build this report that he then will issue to the Divisio Militaris. Um, to try to provide uh, an answer to the inquiry that uh, that they've posed, so I'm I'm pretty excited to uh, to get into the next couple of of lessons and sort of unpack that. That is going to be super exciting because we've got a lot of very interesting things um, planned. So you've mentioned the crave, Dave, there for for a second and. The, I mean, and also the map has the um, Lehro. How do you pronounce that? L e h r o v, Lehro. Or uh, we don't have a lot of information about the uh, Lehro, but we do have plenty of information about at least the Crave and the fact that they're like these mind eaters uh, that that drift into imperial territories and kind of take them over. Um, and they've been around since uh, fourth edition, actually. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I mean, I love that, uh, that we've got this shout out to um, the old deep lore. And I couldn't figure out what that um, icon was. Uh, I, I couldn't tell, uh, you know, if it was Crave or not, because the map here doesn't have um, a legend, but I was going through the latest um, Adeptus Titanicus book. Uh, uh, What is it? The Crusade of Shadow and Iron or something? Shadow and Iron, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And Shadow and Iron has a map very similar to this, and it has that icon and that it calls that icon out as uh, a crave uh, icon, so I was pretty pretty psyched to see that. Yeah, and I I did a little research around them, and I was surprised to read about how um, the the world eaters actually fought and exterminated like a like a planet of them, um, and that's straight from uh, book one from Betrayer, and I, I just wouldn't have thought to look that far back, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, the the galaxy was not a friendly place to humanity. And, uh, you know, humanity was uh, was struggling when the Great Crusade, you know, finally you know, reached out. And I think that was a big part of, uh, you know, the, the emperor's plans was the, the liberation of, of, uh, of human beings that had been enslaved by these malevolent, a Xenos species, and uh, yeah, it's it's real. And so when the and then so when the Great Crusade collapses, and uh, you know these these Xenos haven't been exterminated, they come back, right? And I think that's really cool. I think that's a really important uh, narrative backdrop for all of this. Is that hey? they didn't go away and the galaxy doesn't just become this like vacant parking lot after the Horus heresy. It's not just 
you know, everything's not just burned down to, and then waiting to be rebuilt. No, man, this, the bad things happen and even worse things are coming. Um, and the darkness is encroaching again. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I always like that. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but, um, you know, I, I, uh, I've always liked that. And I think, uh, you know, I think these, these loyalist retribution fleets that are, that are going out into the dark, um, you know, have a, have a long way to go, uh, for sure. But, uh, this can be fun to look at. So I guess, Jason, you want to finish this up here? Absolutely. So the last little bit of this kind of intro of At Empire's End was a really neat little paragraph that I think really sinks home, uh, like Dave was talking about, how unique this one is so far as the documentation. It felt really neat in its setup but so it kind of wraps up here with this last paragraph many have attempted to solve the riddle of the nostromo sector and few have arrived at the same conclusions collected here are some of the most revealing treaties from within the sealed archives of great terra each based on the fragmentary information that has been recovered from that area of space Perhaps from the distilled wisdom of these accounts, an answer can be divined for the question that still haunts the Divisio Militaris. What scoured clean the entire Nostromo sector in the dark years of the Horus Heresy? Now, if that isn't like a perfect summation of what we try and do here, of collecting tiny bits and pieces of information across multiple books and even multiple, you know, game systems and settings within uh, the entire history of GW. Uh, I have yet to read it. So I kind of felt that like uh, was a pretty terrific place to wrap up with a summation of what we're trying to do here at Heresy Grad School. And absolutely wonderfully put and wonderfully done. I do my best. Well, thanks, guys, for getting on and making this happen. And uh, to our listeners, sorry we've been gone for so long. Um, I can promise you that it will be worth the wait, um, that what's coming is even better. And, um, yeah, hope you guys have uh, been staying, uh, staying frosty in these dark times that we're living through right now all right hope you all stay healthy and uh yeah i guess we'll uh we'll go into our usual plugs dave you got anything um i really don't other than just thank you to the patreons that have uh sort of stuck with us and um you know through this time i mean i know that the remembrancers retreat does still put out a lot of content um but uh you know, I hope that you guys will will forgive us a little indulgence over the past couple of months, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got, Pat. Yeah, 
Um, Jason? Yeah, that was a pretty, uh, pretty good summation. I am content. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way. Thank you to the uh, patrons, but also thank you just to the listeners as well, because I know there's a whole lot of you out there that that really enjoy our content. And uh, the past month or so was a bit of a struggle, but we're back here. We're back recording and we're excited to be here. And this is kind of a brand new format for us as far as like the next several episodes and even the beginning of this one. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for listening and we hope you all enjoy. Alrighty. Well, I'm just going to kick Craig right now.